Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Good morning. What a beautiful service we've had so far. And thank you for the comments at the table. Thank you for the reading, Mark, wherever you are, back there in the back. Thank you for the reading. Thank you for the prayers. Corbin, for the songs. It's been awesome. For the voices of our church family. How awesome it's been. We want to turn for our text in Mark chapter 5. So turn there as we begin our discussion here. Verses 21 through 34 is going to be our study. You've heard words such as wellness, wholeness, whole foods. Whole foods, you know, are just an emphasis on natural and uh, unprocessed foods. Uh, wellness is state of being in good health. Sometimes we have wellness checks, right? You make sure we're on top of things and not letting our tummy get too big and to, eating too many bad things for us. And so, uh, yeah, we know all about all about wellness and wholeness. Did you realize, however? that health and wellness industry pulled in around $4.3 trillion in the year 2020. That's a lot of money, Brother Mark, Brother Chris, wherever he is. That's a lot of money, right? We could use some of that probably in a lot of ways. But that's a great deal of money to spend on your physical body. Make sure you're okay. But what about our spiritual heart? How much money are we willing to spend on our spiritual condition? Our greatest need is to be made spiritually whole. Amen? That's our greatest need. So let's turn to Mark chapter 5 and we'll begin reading in verse 21. Mark chapter 5, begin reading in verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. So we find in our text, it begins with an amazing heart-rendering need. A man named Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, has a daughter who is near hell, I mean near death. That would get your attention, parents. If your child, your son or daughter is near death, that would really kick things in pretty quick, right? I mean, that would make, make us on the brink of madness if you want to really want to know the truth about it. We'd panic. A lot of us probably wouldn't know what to do. 
how to act would just be in total misery for a while. What a heart-rendering need. My daughter, my little daughter, is near death. He turned to Jesus for help. The power of Christ he had heard reports on. Messengers, you see, were sent back to John to confirm the power of Christ as the Messiah in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 4. Notice what we have here. Matthew 11, starting in verse 4. Go and tell John what you hear and see. What did Jesus want them to report? The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Can I get an amen? This is our Christ. This is the report he wanted to send back to John. Let him know. Messiah is indeed here. Look at what is being accomplished. How powerful is that? So I would imagine if you have a little daughter who is near death, you would turn to the source that could save her, the only one, the only person, the only way that you could get help. You could be a prince. You could be a king. You could be a ruler. You could be rich. You could be poor. But when it's your family, you will do almost anything. Right in the middle of this conversation, right in the middle of this story, right in the middle of this journey, we have an unexpected turn of events that took place. It's a story about a woman's desperate need. It's a story about a woman's sickness. It's a story that really mirrors our story in a lot of ways. Notice with me back in chapter 5 of Mark in verse 25. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. How horrific is that? That's just plain awful. She was had a physical condition. Some... Translations use the words hemorrhaging, internal bleeding, issue of blood, flow of blood. That condition this woman had under the law of Moses would have made her impure. Now there's a lot of things you can read that's real good reading in Leviticus. But Leviticus chapter 15 just isn't one of them for me. But it's a chapter that deals with bodily discharges. Now you go read it. If that excites you. In verse 19 through 50. 
But that states that a person is unclean and therefore in her present condition states that she is unclean and therefore must be separated from other folks who were designated clean. Okay? She then becomes an outcast. Much like a leper. Exile. Where you would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, when people approach. And this took place for 12 years. Isolation. Seclusion. Loneliness. Separation. Do you remember back in 2020 when they made us stay home for COVID? Remember that? How horrible that felt? How for a lot of people, they began to be truly depressed because they couldn't get with other people. And you need and we need other people's source of love and comfort and help in times of need. We need that. And yet, think of COVID-12 2020 for 12 years. How would you like that? That would not be encouraging at all. That would feel absolutely... I mean, after the first three months, I mean, you'd be going stir-crazy. I mean, I had COVID and spending two weeks in the bedroom with Kim. That was hard enough. But I love you, Kim. I know it's hard to deal with me, but just think of this poor woman, though. I just can't wrap that around my brain, honestly. She was at the end of her rope. She didn't ask for this sickness. Nobody asked for sickness. Nobody asked for diseases. Nobody asked for mental health issues. Nobody asked for trauma. Nobody asked for hurt and pain. Nobody asked for any of that. Sometimes it just happens. Verse 27. Verse 27. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Can I get an amen? She had heard reports about Jesus. Now there was some good news on the horizon for 12 years of suffering. She heard reports about Jesus. And that made her sit up and take notice. What were those reports, I wonder? Well, if we go back to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, I would imagine these are some of the reports that she later would recall. And he went, speaking of Jesus, throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various disease and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. What 
a report that will blow your mind on CNN. Here was one source. Here was one man who was indeed different than all the ones that she had went to, all the ones that she had tried to get help. She was now bankrupt. She's poor and desperate. If I could just touch his garment, right? Finish reading with me in verse 27. And she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. There are some translate there are some other gospels in Luke chapter 8 verse 41 and 48 Matthew chapter 9 20 and 22 that says she touched the hem of his garment or the fringe of his garment or the tassels if I have that right word correctly of his garments Numbers chapter 15 verse 17 and 41 calls this outer garment called talent. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And it would have been four tassels placed on the four corners of the talent. It would have been one of those tassels that she would have touched. Anything else would have been a big no. Notice she said, if I could just touch his garments. You wonder what's going on through her mind, right? All these 12 years of isolation, all these 12 years of exile, all these 12 years of separation, men said, no, 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 go away, get back, get back, get back, get back. I wonder if these things going on in her mind made her a little bit iffy about how she was going to approach Jesus Christ. That would make anybody think twice about coming to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But she says, if I could even touch his garments, if I could even touch the hem of his garments, just the hem of it, I could be made whole. What a statement. And immediately in verse 29, remember now, She's been impure, unclean, and yet she trusted in the power of Jesus. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Her daring act of faith is realized, comes to fruition. I get the impression that this woman wanted to slip in and slip out. Let me get among the crowd. There's lots of people there, lots of crowd. Let me just ease in. Let me just touch him. Let me just touch his garment. And then I can just slip back out. No one would notice. Not even Jesus. 
That's the way we live our lives a lot of times. No one will notice. Not even Jesus. But hello. Hello. Jesus wants to meet you. And Jesus in verse 30. Perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. Immediately turned about in the crowd and said. Who touched my garments? Can throw any escape plan she had right out the window. And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. What would she, what was she thinking? I was imagining myself. Well, she was probably thinking, what is Jesus going to say, number one, and what is he going to do? But she didn't ask for permission. She's taking a big faith leap, if you will. Would she be condemned? Would she be ridiculed? Would she be dressed down? Would she be outcast again? Would she be met with animosity? But the woman, knowing what had happened to her in verse 33, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Many times, we want to hold things back. We really don't want to tell the whole naked truth. And yet, once you realize that Jesus knew She just emptied her heart out. The whole truth comes out. And you know what he said to her? Beautiful. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. That word daughter is not used lightly here. It is not used to just cheer up a frightened and scared woman. It literally means an actual descendant, a daughter of God. And that just makes me... It's just beautiful about who Christ is and how he is so willing to invite us in to become his brother and sister. The word translated well here, sometimes it's translated whole. Used in two other occasions, ten lepers in Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19, and the blind man in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. It comes from the Greek word Strong's uh, 4982 for some of you who are a little bit more exact about these sort of things. It's rendered to save in John chapter 3. Thank you, Brother Mark, again for that reading. So let's read that one more time. Remember, wholeness, wellness, spiritual wholeness, spiritual wellness. John chapter 3. He tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to begin to condemn the world, but in order that the world, the world might be whole, the world might be saved through him. Amen. It goes far beyond physical healing. It cuts to the issue of the heart. God saving the world from sin in Christ Jesus. So as I draw to a close this morning, there are three takeaways I want to leave you with. Three specific takeaways. Number one, we must recognize that our greatest need is to be made spiritually whole. We are broken, fallen from grace, touched by the sickness of sin, hearts and lives filled with drama and trauma and bitterness. Like this woman, we must recognize all our attempts to fix ourselves or to turn to other worldly sources or to turn to other people have utterly failed. We are bankrupt. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. The wages of sin is death. Now you and I get wages, right? A lot of you make a lot more money than I do. But you sure when you work those eight hours a day and at the end of the week, guess what? You expect to be paid for those wages earned, right? Well, guess what we earn in sin? Death. The wages of sin is this. So our greatest need is to be made whole. And number two, like this woman who was sick, she knew exactly who to turn to, and his name is Jesus. We must have that same faith and point our hearts and our minds and be convicted in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who alone can save us. In fact, that's what Matthew chapter 9 says, talking about the great physician. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 12. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I hate to tell everybody, but we're sick. And the church is a hospital of the sick. And there is only one great physician, and his name is Jesus. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call righteous, but sinners. We're in his heart. We're in his hands. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through and by me. Is our faith only in Jesus? Are we convicted to the cross of Jesus Christ? And number three, like this woman, we must act in faith. Amen? Trusting in Jesus, believing in Jesus, having the faith that causes us to reach out and lay hold of the gift of eternal life, to lay hold of the gift that Jesus brings us. 
to live a life God intends for us to live free from sin. I leave those three things with you today. Maybe you need the prayers of the church. Maybe there's some sin in your life that causes bitterness. Maybe you suffered trauma years ago that you never got over. Maybe you just need to come and seek repentance. Or maybe you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, turning your heart and life over to Jesus Christ. Like this woman, we must maintain that same faith. Amen? Won't you come as we stand and sing this song? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.